are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5GUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Everybody and welcome you to tuned in to episode number 401 of Linux in the Hamshack. And this is our Weekender edition where we talk about open source events, uh, open source, um, you know, just open source. <laughs> we talk the open about, kind of open source. Yeah, the, exactly. We talk about amateur radio. We talk about upcoming special events in amateur radio as well as contests. And then we move on into interesting things like distributions you can try. And hedonism, where we talk about all of the things that make life worth living, including food and song and alcohol and all the good stuff that is the good stuff. So tonight, we have the usual cast of characters for you on our weekend edition. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And very good. We're all here. We're all ready to talk about some stuff, and then we'll get down to the good stuff a little bit later, so tune in for that, or, of course, you can always skip ahead if you don't care about the other stuff. But in the meantime, we're going to have Bill tell us, as he usually does, about the upcoming amateur radio contests that you can participate in if you so desire. Absolutely, and these contests, of course, come from ContestCalendar.com, the best contest calendar in the world, so check it out. Uh, This weekend, we have... A few contests, a couple contests here that of note. Uh, one is the Russian DX contest. This one runs from 1200 Zulu March 20th to 1200 Zulu March 21st. Uh, bands there are 160 through 10. No work modes are single sideband and CW. Uh, so check out the Russian DX contest. Um, you can, you can blame contact on them. Or, uh, or whatever it is we do in this modern cold world, uh, cold war that we're in <laughs> with <laughs> Russia. <laughs> but go ahead and work them. It's fine. You can go ahead and, you know, CQ, CQ Russia there. It's fine. Uh, single sideband and CW. So you have your, uh, your choice. Uh, the other contest we have is the, uh, Bart G HF Riddy contest. This one runs from, oh, zero 0200 Zulu on March 20th. To uh, 0159 Zulu, March 22nd. Bands there are 80 meters through 10 meters. No work. Modes are, of course, Ritty. Uh, welcome to the BART G, the British Amateur Radio Teledata Group. BART G was founded in 1959 with the aim of promoting the use of teleprinters. That's Ritty. Uh, within Amateur Radio, the exchange there. Now, this is interesting. It's RST, serial number, and a four digit UTC time. So guess what this means? You need to make sure that your time clock is set up right. <laughs> so make sure you're syncing your time. If you're already a, you know, FT8 or FT4 user, you're probably uh, used to having your system all time, time synced and everything else. You can always go to, uh, what is that website? Time.is and, uh, verify your clock against the, uh, the fancy clocks. And, uh, yeah, make sure your time is good because, uh, that's going to be part of your, uh, your exchange. So you want to make sure that that is copied and you copy their time. Um, and the state QSO party challenge and, uh, worked all QSO parties this weekend. Uh, we have, uh, Virginia. So you can go ahead and work the uh, state of Virginia this weekend. Uh, let's see next weekend. Oh God. We, yeah, we have a big one here. This is the CQ worldwide WPX contest. That's right. It's the prefix contest and it runs from zero Zulu March 27th to 2359 Zulu March 28th. Bands there are 160 meters through 10. No work. 
Single sideband is the mode. It's what? It's 48 hours of contesting. Oh, my goodness. Uh, single operator stations may operate 36 of those 48 hours. Off times must be a minimum of 60 minutes, and that's an hour, uh, during which no QSO is logged. So be mindful of your logbooks. Uh, multi-operator stations may operate the full 48 hours. Check out the link in the show notes to uh, the rule book. Uh, and then we also have the FOC QSO party. Uh, and this one runs from uh, 0 Zulu to 2359 Zulu on March 27th. So pretty much the full 24-hour time clock. Uh, 160 meters through 10 meters, no work. CW is the mode. And this is the uh, FOC QSO party, the FOCQP. And, of course, FOC is the uh, First Class CW Operators Club. And it's formerly known as the Bill Wendell QSO Party, the BWQP. It is held twice a year and is open to all amateurs worldwide. It is not a contest, but rather an activity day in memory of Bill Wendell, G8VG, who is a silent key, a past chairman of the FOC, who has been very keen that we should all be as active as possible on the bands. Stations participating in the FOCQP should be calling... Uh, CQ BW, CQ BW in uh, memory of Bill. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, although it's a QSO party for fun, it's, it's really a contest. We all know that. <laughs> Otherwise we <laughs> wouldn't keep score. Come on. <laughs> and it wouldn't be on the, on the contest calendar. That's for sure. Uh, and there are no state QSO parties next weekend. Sorry guys. You can take the weekend off and just work the prefix contest. So, uh, there you go. Make sure your station works. And that's it for uh, contest. All right. So moving on from contest to special event stations on the air, we have a few to mention here. Uh, there, there really is not a lot showing up on the AWRL calendar this time around, so it's getting to be uh, kind of slow out there. But the first one is one we hadn't mentioned on the last weekender. It's Arrows from the Air. It's coming up really soon, so if you want to participate in this one, you better get on it. It's March 20th through the 21st, 1800 to 0300 Zulu daily. Call sign is Kilo7SWI. It's uh, on or about 3.827, 7.227, 14.227, and 28.427. Modes are single sideband and possibly others. What are those giant arrows dotting the American landscape, they say? The arrows were part of a federal project to speed up communication across great distances. Transcontinental airmail service began in 1920, but even with this advancement over ground travel, service was slow. Pilots had no sophisticated instruments, so they couldn't fly at night or in poor weather. The government built a path of 70-foot-long concrete arrows every few miles from coast to coast, each painted yellow and topped with a 51-foot steel tower that had a rotating beacon. Using the path, the airmail pilots needed only half the time to deliver a letter from New York to San Francisco. K7SWI will issue a certificate in QSL to all requested. Please Q- please include a SASE, self-addressed stamped envelope, for QSL only and SASE with one green stamp, or just stamp, for QSL and a certificate for this, you know, an envelope. <laughs> easy. For QSL only and a self-addressed stamped envelope with one green stamp or just stamp for a QSL and a certificate. So moving on, we also had honoring World War II gunners at Buckingham Airfield. The special event is operating March 23rd to 25th, 1400 to 2100 Zulu daily. Call sign for this one is Whiskey 4 Lima X-Ray. Frequencies will be on or about 14.270, 21.360, 28.360, and 146.685, if apparently you're in Florida near the event. Uh, and, of course, it will most likely be phone. Uh, the what on this is come join us at Buckingham Field in Lehigh Acres. 
to participate in a special event station on the air to commemorate all the men and women who trained at this facility during World War II when it was called Buckingham Army Airfield. To request a certificate and or QSL card, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope, letter size or larger for the certificate, with a return address and your call sign to the club's email address. And a link, of course, to all the information on that will be in the show notes. And then finally, we have a really, really long event. So you got plenty of time to participate in this one, but you'll see why. This is Quebec Parts on the Air, KC Pota, or QC Pota, QC Pota. This will be operating from April through December 2021. Uh, various times, various calls, various frequencies, various modes. Obviously, check the show notes to find out more of the details. The Quebec Parts on the Air, Parks on the Air is an event. Of course, it's an event. This, this, this copy is terrible, by the way. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> The purpose of which is to draw attention to the importance of protecting nature and to encourage the development of radio skills, especially in portable operations. The event encourages amateur radio operators to operate portable from designated parks in Quebec and in turn generate attention for these areas whilst providing the amateur radio community an interesting and rewarding activity. Here's where we hear the word parks a lot. We encourage you to consider vacationing in one of Quebec's beautiful parks and visiting a park as Quebec is blessed with a magnificent diversity of parks. Quebec's CPAC <laughs> operates 41 national parks and wildlife preserves, and there are 190 regional parks. Each of these 231 parks is eligible for the QC POTA event. <laughs> Somebody likes the word. It's very parky. Yeah. <laughs> A link, of course, to that where you can actually find the details about all of those 231 parks that will be on the air will be in the show notes. So if you want to participate in that, feel free. You've got plenty of time to do it. But, of course, think, don't come to their parks if you're from America because you can't get across the border. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're, they're talking about Canadian visitors only. So, At least they didn't say Boy Scout parks yeah. several times <laughs> or something. So. Scouting, scouting, Boy Scouting, Scouting, scouting USA, Scouting. scouting, yeah. scouting. Yep. <laughs> park, and, park, uh, Scouting Park. There was a special event related to a, a Boy Scouts event in Western Massachusetts that I specifically left off this list. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's Poor okay. Bill. Jamboree on the air is coming. <laughs> uh, so for announcements, I put in here, make sure to check out the QSO Today Virtual Ham Expo after event. The talks are available for those that did not catch them during the event. We'll be posting our live stream on YouTube after the videos are no longer available via the expo per our gentleman's agreement with the expo coordinators. So there you go. But if you've listened to episode 400, you've already heard the audio. But maybe you want to see our smiling faces. I'm guessing you don't. But, you know, here we go. <laughs> In shining HD. In shining 1080p or something. Something like that, yeah. So, something like that. And for since we were talking about QC Poda and all those parks, 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 uh, put it in here for the LHS Ham Radio Challenge to work some OTA, like Star OTA. There's lots of OTAs, IOTA, POTA, SODA, YODA, and probably others. Yoda, Y-O-D-A, Yoda. The possibilities for working star Odas is nearly endless, so maybe try one of those if you get an opportunity to do so. And with that, let's move down to this weekend in open source. Of course, this weekend and next weekend, too, in open source. And I put in here a distribution we talked about years ago. But they have a new release, so I thought I'd throw it back in here in case somebody has forgotten about it, which you probably have. This is Q4OS. It's 
It's a Debian-based desktop Linux distribution designed to offer classic style user face inter- uh, classic style user interface a la Trinity and simple accessories and to serve stable APIs for complex third-party applications such as Google Google Chrome, VirtualBox and development tools. The system is also very useful for virtual cloud environments due to its very low hardware requirements. It's in requirements environments. Okay. Providing a set of dedicated utilities and specific optimizations combined with a focus on getting a productive system easily, this makes it ideal for people who want to get a working environment tailored to individual needs and preferences. From this perspective, Q4OS is suitable for both newcomers as well as experienced computer users. So I would throw this one in there. A link to Q4OS will be in the show notes. And since it's Debian-based, you have all the tools that we normally talk about here on the show, so it might be one you want to check out if you don't want to go the way of Garuda or some other crazy distribution. So (laughs) Q4OS. We might talk about Garuda later. We'll see how it goes. Well, we've already reviewed it, so, you know. Well, not yet you haven't. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, I did, actually. Well, Last uh, two episodes, three episodes ago. (laughs) Yeah. We did an LHS readiness score on it. Since we're going to blow down the fourth wall here, there's more to come. Check it out. Yeah, uh, of course. We, always, we can't we can't get enough of it. We love Arch. <laughs> We're big Arch fans. You know it. We'll all be on Manjaro soon. Yeah, or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll all be on the next big thing, whatever it is. All right, so we're down to open source events, and when we get to open source events, this is when we bring Cheryl in to tell us what those open source events are that are coming up. There's only a couple of them that I could find. Um, you know, Think things are getting better. Things are opening up, and you know we're going to transition from virtual events to hybrid events, so essentially, and then back to in-person events. I'm sure, and we'll have more to talk about when that happens. But in the meantime, there's a couple you can participate in. Okay, our first one is Open Matters, building a hybrid SDO OSS model. Guess what? Your noise is back, so it's not the watch. It's not my watch. Okay, yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, um. It's on March 24th. It's online. It's free. And the information provided is the next Open Matters episode tackles the confusion around the convergence of open source and open standards. The next Open Matters episode tackles the confusion around the convergence of open source and open standards. Okay, who posted this? (laughs) I blame Ryan. (laughs) <laughs> I, I posted it, but it's, it's literally a cut and paste. You know how yeah, the next paste and I, it's the same sentence twice. <laughs> it's the same sentence twice. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I cut I cut and pasted it from two different sources. So yes, they might have been copying it off each other. Yeah, Sorry. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, so guess what? You, would you like me to read that so you can cut out the beginning? No, of no. Stuff? Just yeah, read it. Read it, read, it just go. read it a third time, and I'll just leave them all in. No. <laughs> I've already done that once this year. No. <laughs> so, moving right along, IBM CTO of Open Technology and fellow Chris Ferris joins Guy Martin to answer your questions about the direct trajectory of what's needed for organizations to be successful in building a hybrid SDO OSS model. They'll reflect on the specific governance required to be successful in each space, as well as the operational best practices that need to play a role. Views will be shared on the current perceptions around the merging of these two communities and the steps to be considered to help you break down traditional thinking. And there's more information in the show notes on that. The next one is the Red Hat Open Source Summit. It's April 27th and 28th. It is online. It is free. 
And the information on that is the premier open source event is expanding, become an all new flexible conference series consisting of a two part immersive virtual experience, as well as a global tour of small scale in person events. Um, the series will create collective opportunities to share experiences, innovations, and insights. Red Hat Summit 2021 is where we come together to uplift perspectives in enterprise IT all around the world, ensuring that every contribution has a place, every person has a voice, and every question has a meaning. More information will be in the show notes. And there was one last thing, and I've mentioned this before several times over the last few weeks, but... This week is the end. So there's a National Weather Service uh, Storm Spotter class hosted by the National Weather Service in St. Louis. It is free. Uh, the class lasts for a little over an hour. Uh, you're taught the basics of thunderstorm development, storm structure, features to look for, where to find them, what, when, and how to report the information, etc. Um You'll need a desktop or laptop computer to view the presentation, and they'll be doing interactive polling software or using interactive polling software throughout the presentation. So you'll need to use your cell phone if you would like to participate in that. The last class is Saturday, March 20th from 2 to 3.15 p.m. CST, and you can register for that at www.weather.gov virtual spotter 2021 and again that information will be in the show notes and that's it that's all we've got going all right well there's probably more going on about there we just we just don't know everything don't, there don't is. want about it yeah don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with that being said i threw in here for an lhs open source challenge because i've actually been playing a couple of games online lately just so i can see that discord shows that i'm doing something fun um, challenge yourself to a game using Linux native gaming applications. Steam comes to mind, even though Steam, I guess, Steam is Steam open source? I don't know. It doesn't matter, I guess. Kind of. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, Steam runs on Linux natively, so check that out, or just find a Linux native game and play some games. Gaming is fun. You know, since I've got my second uh, Arc Retrocade machine up, I've, I've been enjoying playing some games. So, and that's that's open source, too. Well, Parts of it are. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, well, that brings us down to the end of our, like, boring amateur radio topics for the evening and our open source and all that crap. So, let's get into the good stuff, shall we? Let's get headlong into hedonism. I think we need a t-shirt that says headlong into hedonism. That'd we be should. A yeah, we need that. <laughs> um, but we first start off hedonism with... Cheryl's Recipe Corner, because, you know, everybody eats food. So what do we have this time around? This time around, we're doing crab-stuffed mushrooms. So, and a few nights ago, we had a steak dinner here at the house, and I decided to make some crab-stuffed mushrooms to go with the dinner. Um, we're both huge fans of stuffed mushrooms, and there's a sushi restaurant that makes a crab version that we love. So I decided to recreate it at home. And I think Russ said he thought it was a close match. Am it I was correct? pretty close. It's not. It's not entirely there. They they do something to make the filling in their mushrooms a little like denser and not quite as bready. But as far as flavor, yeah, it was pretty much spot on. So for that, you need a third cup of real mayonnaise, uh, three tablespoons of panko breadcrumbs, a half teaspoon of dried basil, a half teaspoon of thyme, a quarter teaspoon of salt, a half teaspoon of pepper 
two tablespoons of grated Parmesan, a clove of garlic finely chopped, a cup of finely chopped imitation crab meat, because only the best, uh, 10 extra large mushrooms, stems removed, you need some additional panko, and some cooking spray, I used olive oil, and some sweet Thai chili sauce. And you mix everything together, um, crab meat, spices, etc. Stuff it in the mushrooms. Um, sprinkle some additional panko crumbs on top of them. Spray some olive oil on them. And bake those for four, at 400 degrees for about 20 minutes. And then when they come out, drizzle them with a little bit of sweet Thai chili sauce. And I thought they were pretty good. So yes, they they were quite good actually. So and I'm looking forward to uh, the next time around when we eat those, which maybe tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow some, night. Some, yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So and my mixed drink corner this week is the PB and J, which is one and a half ounces of peanut butter whiskey, one ounce of raspberry liqueur, and one ounce of Irish cream. And you put some ice in a cocktail shaker, add all your liquids, shake well, strain into a glass, and enjoy. And I hear the whiskey enthusiast screaming bloody murder because peanut butter whiskey is not really a thing. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> no, it's, it's tasty. Very sweet. I mean, alcohol yeah, in general can, sweet, be, can be very sweet. But yeah, PB&J is uh, uber sweet. If you're into that kind of thing, go for it. Maybe, maybe like the last drink of the evening. Yeah, it's it's definitely more of a a girly cocktail type thing. It's, it's how but, you get your girlfriend to drink whiskey, right? <laughs> yeah, you that you don't have that problem with me. So well, no, I don't because you like smoky scotch and stuff, which most you know most women won't even don't. touch. So a lot of men won't even. Well, touch that's it, true. So. Men don't touch it either. But there you go. Right. I did. I did find back last year sometime. We had the peanut butter whiskey, and I had a regular glass of ice water from Sonic Drive-Ins with some raspberry flavoring in it. And I used the ice. I, I had finished all my water, and I dumped a little bit of the peanut butter whiskey down in the ice. Um, and it still had a little bit of that raspberry flavor, and it was fairly tasty doing it that way, too. So... There you go. You just need a little bit of raspberry to make it good. Apparently, yeah. So it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So it gives it kind of a strawberry twang. The raspberry, for some reason, gives it a strawberry twang. So Okay. You heard it here first. (laughs) All right. Well, tonight, I think we touched on it before we started recording the show, but I'm going to do a whiskey that I could have sworn I had reviewed before, but apparently I have not. So I'm going to review it now. And it is the Colonel E.H. Taylor junior small batch bottled in bond kentucky straight bourbon whiskey and if that wasn't a mouthful enough we'll just call it eh taylor at this point there are a few different versions of eh taylor this is the small batch they're all part of the btac which some people will know as the buffalo trace antiques collection so with that being said you can assume it's going to be relatively difficult to find and if you do find it probably relatively expensive because it's probably going to be on the secondary market and you're going to pay too much for it so let's go ahead and talk about it the the self-description from buffalo trace is as founding father of the bourbon industry colonel edmund haynes taylor jr left an indelible legacy his dedication to distilling began at the close of the civil war when he purchased ofc distillery There, he developed innovative techniques that are still in use today. 
Made by hand, the small-batch bourbon whiskey has been aged inside century-old warehouse constructed by E.H. Taylor Jr. himself. <laughs> Sorry, chat going on in the uh, etherpad. <laughs> um, barrels are evaluated and selected to create a perfect blend of distinctive character that is like no other. This bourbon is true sipping bourbon that honors Taylor's uncompromising legacy. So this uses Buffalo Trace's mash bill number one, which is a assumed to be something like 75% corn, 10% rye, and 15% barley. Buffalo Trace is in Frankfort, Kentucky. In the United States, of course, it is a perfectly nice uh, medium amber color. And the nose uh, and the taste are all pretty complex, and I actually need to pour myself a little bit more, so I'm going to try another cork pop. Let's see how this goes <laughs> without hitting the microphone. Not bad. Yeah, sounds good. So let me pour a little bit here. Because I've been doing some nosing and tasting over the, the past hour or so. <laughs> uh, so the nose on it has a lot of different notes. And depending on how long you decide to nose this, you'll probably pick up a lot of different things. But I got things like cherry, cinnamon, uh, sandalwood, caramel, corn husk, or dry corn, or even like, um, like just smelling popcorn before it's popped, uh, licorice, butterscotch, some light floral notes, which are not particularly distinct, but floral for sure. And even a little mandarin orange. So there's quite a bit in there. And uh, let me take another sip to see if I can add to my to my tasting notes, because they're not quite as uh, lengthy or uh, intricate as the nose. Nope, it's, it's all the same as, uh, as I have down here. Uh, black pepper, foremost, a little, you know, strong spicy note to it. That hits you. It's it's not uh, acetone. It's just a uh, like a pepper spice. Uh, you get some corn, a dry corn again, like a popcorn or a pre cooked popcorn. Rye bread is in there. A little pear. Some people might say like star fruit or pear or or maybe even some other kind of sweet fruit. Uh, brown sugar and a little bit of mint. And um, these these flavors are kind of all over the place, but they do seem to blend nicely on the, on the palate. So that's, that's nice. And the finish, uh, actually lingers for a while. It's a medium to long finish. Um, you've got some spices in there, some barrel spice, a little bit of that oakiness, those light floral notes come through on the finish, some honey, a little bit of vague citrus, maybe that orange, maybe a little lemon, something like that. I get mixed nuts or pecan, perhaps something like that. And a little bit of that black pepper on the end. So, uh, it's got a pretty drying finish, but it's a nice complement to the sort of sweet nose initial taste, and then it sort of dries out over your tongue. Uh, and it lasts a good 30, 45 seconds probably before it's completely gone. And by that time, you want some more anyway. So I just had some. So this stuff is really good. Um, they're, they're saying that it's a sipping whiskey, absolutely 100%. Um, I bought this bottle for $45. I've seen it online anywhere from 45 well, not even from 45 anywhere online from about $60 up to $200. I don't know if there's a run on the stuff. I don't know if it's just not accessible right now. I'm not sure what the issue is, but it seems to be on the high side. It's a very good whiskey. I wouldn't pay more than about $60 for it. Um, so if you can find it for that, definitely pick some up. It's really good. I'm going to give it a rating of 93 because um, it is, is worth all that, but for every dollar you spend above $60, take a point off the rating. Because <laughs> it's, just, it's just not worth 
more than about $60. And of course, this is one of those BTACs, so it's hyped, it's hard to get, blah, 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 blah. But if you can find it, and you can find it for a reasonable price, you absolutely should buy some. It's a fantastic whiskey. It is Colonel E.H. Taylor's Small Batch Bald and Bond Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And that's all I really want to say about that. So, Bill, you got anything for us? I'm just finishing up the last of the Guinness. That's uh, that's what I got uh, in my hand right now. And so. that's, a, that's a holdover from yesterday's festivities on uh, yep. St. Patrick's Day. So Couldn't quite finish it all with the corned beef. Needed to... Uh, Save some for today. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, with that, we have come down to the end of the program. We want to thank everybody who tuned in tonight and listened to us uh, talking about all the things we talked about and our uh, dive into hedonism on this, the Weekender, episode number 401 of Linux in the Ham Shack. But before we go, we want to mention the folks who are here listening to us live. We had Steve Casey1AWV, Ted WA0EIR, Tony K4XSS, Ed N2XDD, Darren VK60K, Don's KC9ZMY, and KB2YSI. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate you listening to us. We appreciate everybody who supports the program. And we hope you will, we will catch you again in two weeks' time for yet another weekender. Until then, have a great fortnight, and we'll catch you for the next episode. This has been episode number 401 of Linux and Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke Podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter, and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash NHS podcast on the Freenode network, and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs> <laughs>